Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. Father, thank you for your goodness and faithfulness that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. You are our source. And when other sources seem like they're drying up, we can always look to you and know that you will take care of us. And we worship you through our giving, showing our dependence on you. And thank you for it in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I love you so much. I'm looking forward to hearing this message from Pastor Craig. And so here we go. It's time to move into the message. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brenda. And thank you, missional leadership team, for this opportunity to minister. And I just want to publicly say I'm so thankful. Um, and there's so many good things that Brenda and the leadership team has done. And I just say thank you, Lord. And I'm so thankful for everything you've done. Uh, the transition has gone well. And I just want to rejoice in what the Lord has done. I can say there's nothing that the leadership team has done that I'm not fully 100% in favor of. And I've grown in my own relationship with Lord uh, under Brenda's ministry. So I, I want to return thanks to Lord for that. Our real estate team is reading a book this month called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And part of an action item that I would ask for everyone to consider is to think about a, a book a month that you could read just to help improve and grow your own life. And one sentence in this book is by a Christian leadership author, John Maxwell. And he said, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. At the conclusion of today's message, I'm going to ask everyone to write in your journal something you'll either start doing or stop doing so that you can become that which you feel God is calling you to do. So why don't you just tell the person you're sitting by or watching and tell them what Dr. Maxwell says. You will never change your life until you change something you do daily. Say that again. Tell your neighbor next to you this important thing. You'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. So the definition of God's righteousness is equity of character and action with God. I learned early that God's righteousness is a gift. And that gift includes the gift of being given that equity of character with God. And being given that equity of the ability to do the actions of God. That gift gives a believer character and actions that are equal to God. And it's a great gift. Today's message is about that equity of action. Today's message is going to be the action, that gift of righteousness, the action of God that we all can do. Uh, our actions, on, on actions, we all know why the chicken crossed the road, right? To get to the other side, right? Well, do you ever know why the chicken crossed the playground? To get to the other slide. Uh, uh, uh. Okay. So how about, have you ever seen an elephant hide in a tree? 
They're pretty good, right? <laughs> what do you call a cute volcano? Lava bowl. Lava bowl. Uh-huh. And where does Christmas come before Thanksgiving? Where does Christmas come before Thanksgiving? In the dictionary. That's right, Tom. Got it. All right. For Christmas this year, which was after Thanksgiving, Brenda and I gave ourselves a gift of time together in Williamsburg. And it was there, my devotions, and got to Psalms 145. And one afternoon, instead of taking a nap, something about this scripture just came alive in me, and I began to think about it. And when I read this passage, I had an uncomfortable sensation. That reaction was doubt. That reaction was a question. Because when I read this passage, it just didn't seem that it was actually coming to pass in my life. Here is that passage. Psalms 145, 13. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Amen. Lord, if like me at that time in my life, any of us have questions about this passage of scripture or doubts, we ask you today that you'll help us with this. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So the thought that came to me in that afternoon in Williamsburg was an acronym, ACTION. So I'm going to use the acronym of ACTION to talk about various things. So A would be ACCEPT. ACCEPT, ACCEPT the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. First and foremost, ACCEPT the rule and reign of of Jesus Christ. Ensure that it is an everlasting kingdom by beginning with you. I will establish your rule and righteousness in my life. Every day we should pray a prayer like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth, in my life as it is in heaven. You ensure that God rules in your generation by ensuring that God's rule is evident in your own life your personal life, your family life, your business life, and your career life. You ensure it is going to be an everlasting kingdom by you doing your part to say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Early in church history, we read stories of severe persecution. I was reading a book about, and the story was told of an 83-year-old church bishop who was given and who served the Lord in the days in which the Roman Empire was overseeing all of the world. And he was given a choice to either denounce the Lord Jesus Christ and hail Caesar as his Lord. Of course, he chose to serve the Lord and he ended his life. But the, in those days, it was more of an either or, either serve the Lord or you serve the state. 
And we can't imagine a state or a government that was like that. We're blessed in our country to not have to face those types of choices. We may not be able to comprehend what it was like to live under that either or type of thing because now we're living more in a both and world, which is great. But there's a dark side to the both and world. Many almost can feel like they can do both. I'll serve the Lord and I'll serve the world system. I can serve the Lord. I'll love the Lord, but I'll also be able to follow and be a part of the world system. That's, what a, that's the dark side of a both and world. You may not be able to comprehend a family life that would have said if you asked them, uh, yes, we believe that Jesus is the Christ, that also had uh, some duplicity in their life. It was early in my life. I think I'd just been saved a week or two and uh, got off work, which is late at night on a Friday night, drove up an hour and a half to High Springs, Florida to meet my mom and her, my stepdad in a bar and they were partying, drinking. Of course, by that time it's 1231 in the morning, but I had just gotten saved, just got set free from alcohol, just felt like the Lord wanted me to set free from that life of partying and there was an immediate conflict and there was uh, immediate grief, immediate persecution. It was kind of mild-mannered. It wasn't harsh grief, but it was great grief in my own life at that time. And at that moment, my family would have been described as a both-and Christian. You would have said, I can drink and party and do these things all at the same time. But I am saying to us, when you accept the Lordship of Jesus Christ, there will be a moment or two in your life in which you'll be asked to make either Jesus complete Lord or the world complete Lord. And I'm asking us today, first off, is to accept the rule and reign of our Lord Jesus Christ completely. And the distinction in our style of worship is we believe that discipleship practices should help us grow in our relationship with God. Can, can, if you're watching with me, say that is true about our style of church. We believe discipleship practices should help you develop and grow in your relationship with God where you can overcome certain things. You can, be, you can live an overcoming life over certain bad habits. And what we do reflects the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask every one of us on a regular basis to kneel down, prostrate yourself before the Lord, and just say to Him, Jesus, You are the Lord of every area of my life. I give myself fresh to You today. I yield to You. I surrender surrender every part of my life, my body, my appetites, everything to you. I'm not asking you to stop by doing that just once, but I would like to see you building that into everyday routines of your life to just kneel down, lay down, get quiet and say, Lord, you are Lord over everything in my life. Amen. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Second is confession, personal inner confession between a person and God bring salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. This remains one of the most powerful of all actions is personal confession of the Word of God. It is the most powerful. It is out of our hearts that we either profane or we proclaim the Word of the Lord. The more we confess or affirm God's promises in our life, it gets planted deeper and deeper. 
deeper and deeper. We confess, it gets deeper and deeper into our life. I would ask us to consider the act of confession more and more, and we add confession of Scripture, some call it affirmations, to drive out the feelings of doubt. That, that what, drove, what eventually drove out the feelings of doubt of that passage of Scripture that says the Lord always keeps His promise was the act of confession. The act of confession. So at that moment, I was struggling through yet another migraine headache, which turned out to last about a month. And it was a struggle. It still is a struggle. But the confession of a passage of Scripture that will address those particular issues in your life will help erase those doubts and insecurities about a passage and let it get planted deeper in your life. And I can say without that hesitancy I had then, the Lord always keeps His promise. The next one is trust. On that trip to Williamsburg, we were walking in the... uh, downtown Williamsburg area, and we discovered an archaeological dig. And the dig was uh, to uncover the, one of the first African-American church buildings in America. The story goes that the carriage maker that donated the land for the church to be built had been driving through the country and heard the enslaved and the freed Africans worshiping outside the city of Williamsburg. And he paused and just listened and beheld their worship and their sermon and was so deeply moved, he went back home and took the part of land across from his carriage shop and donated that land to the freed and the enslaved Africans so they could build them a church. And as I reflected on this afterwards, I began to think, how many years have have the Africans who came here as enslaved Africans, now African Americans, how long have they been trusting in the Lord to bring them freedom? And as I pondered that, How long, O Lord, how long will the African-American community experience the freedom that they have been praying for for so long? And as I got quiet, I felt like the Lord whispered this to me. I felt like he said to me, the the African-American community in many ways are much freer than the white community. And I thought about that a long time. But I felt like the Lord said, in many ways, the African-American community is much freer than the white community. And as I pondered that, it kind of happened simultaneously in which we were uh, watching a movie on uh, birding. And uh, it was about a, a person who was trying to get to like 752 bird species a year he was going to watch and become the top of the birding world. And there are other two people, Steve Martin was on it. Uh, they were trying to also break the record of the most bird species you could see in a year. And it was a funny, humorous approach at looking at the uh, obsessiveness people have to break a record or to become the best at something in their life. And at the end of the story, it was really profound. Yes, the fellow had, had reached the pinnacle. 
He had seen 752 species of birds, but in the process, he had lost his first wife to his obsession. He lost his second wife to his obsession, and he was still out birding, but he had lost his first love. He had lost his first and second wife, and the two that came in second and third, it showed them pictures of one was spending time with his grandson, Another one was spending time with a newfound relationship. And it gave this, me this understanding. Yes, it's true that in positions of power and leadership, it appears that the African-American community and I, it has not been fully served and fully been completely made free and placed into positions of power. But I am also observing that for many white Americans who do have positions of power, who do have influence, are less free in their spirit than many who are African-Americans. And I'm going to plead with us today that when we put our trust in the Lord, include true inner deep freedom. Deep, deep freedom. I would like for us to do and keep praying for the African-American community and also for uh, the female gender that all levels of leadership will be offered to every person and that there will be no more racism in our world today. And that we who are in positions of power should be cautious that in our pursuit of life, we don't get enslaved with that very thing that we're putting our hearts and soul into. And the next is integration. I've heard a story about a small assembly of God church. There was once a board member in that church who, when his wife got into the menopausal age of his life, her hormones kicked in and she kind of got into some depression. And in that moment of depression, he divorced, divorced her. And then he remarried another person. And they became, those three were active in that small assembly of God church. And he manipulated the current board to, to make him a trustee because trustees could have a, a divorce and remarriage in their life. And they, he manipulated the constitution so he could, the trustee board could have more power than the deacon board. And he had this uh, philosophy he, had a, he, 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 was, he was told, heard to say often, I have a church head, I have a business head, I have a spiritual head, I have a family head. I've got the, he said, you've got to put on the right head for each situation that you're in. He had become so compartmentalized, he did not integrate Scripture and the Lordship of Christ into his daily life, and he could justify his actions based on his compartmentalization of what he felt, what he felt was right. And I'm going to say to us today, integrating Scripture into our life, integrating the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, his everlasting kingdom into our life, integrating that into every aspect of life, may it not be said of us that we have a exercise life or a community life or or a business life, or a career life that is separate from the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's got to be completely integrated. And, and, the, and, and so we've got to bring all of this together. Integration is not just a race issue. It's an integration of God's will and God's rule into our life. And next is obedience. Faith and obedience are necessary for the rule of God's kingdom to come into our life. Obedience to the Bible's moral and family codes, our appetite codes of, of moderation and abstention cannot be ignored without the danger 
of walking in disobedience. So when the Bible says the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, um, I, I just want to say to you, in reality, the flesh is really strong. Can you just say amen? The flesh is really strong. Consider your own routines. Consider your own drink of choice. Consider your own food of choice. Consider your own expression of sexuality. Your own manifestation of what you feel the Holy Spirit is saying. And ask if it's obedient to the Lord or could it be obedience to the flesh. So just in this book, uh, The Compound Effect, he was just sharing yesterday as I was reading it. He said every month he likes to take one of his appetites, whatever it might be. And just for 30 days, say no to it just to make sure that he, that, that thing is not ruling over his life. And it's a challenge. If you've ever tried to do that, take something you enjoy doing and just put it on hold for 30 days, be it a cup of coffee or a little honey in your, uh, or sugar in something, whatever it might be, or, or a drink of something, uh, just put it on hold for If you've ever tried to do that, you'll understand what the, I, when I say that the flesh is strong. And the, the reality is the Apostle Paul fortunately penned these words. And it's Romans 7. The trouble is with me. Could you just say that out loud? The trouble is with me. For I'm all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's not in your willpower, FYI. It's not in your mind power. It is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank God. Verse 25, the answer to overcoming the bodily appetites is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the final acronym for action is now. Now. Now, when I learned to type in class, yes, we had typing class in the 60s. We were told to type a particular sentence. There's no one here, doesn't look like, that was in high, that was in high school in the 60s or had a typing class. But there was, a, there was a phrase, maybe some at home. Stephanie, if you remember this. There was a sentence that said this, because it, it captures most all the vowels and consonants. Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country. That was the practice that we would do every day. Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country. So when is the best time for all good human beings 
be action-oriented, and do good for God's kingdom. When is the best time for that? Now. Thank you, Michael. Now is that time. Um, within the last couple of weeks, a former general counsel superintendent, George Wood, has entered his eternal rewards. My own presbyter from 1987, who at a very divinely orchestrated luncheon in Oklahoma City, where Brenda and I were serving as assistant pastors, we had lunch with him, and he organized and, and made it possible for us to try out for Vienna Assembly of God, uh, the pastor of, Rich, uh, of Arlington Assembly of God, Richard Neubauer. He passed away, and his service was yesterday, and it was a wonderful, wonderful service. But the greatest men who have ever lived and the greatest women who have ever lived will have their last day on planet Earth. The same is true for us. It's going to happen. Short of the coming of the Lord, short of... It's going to happen to us. And what we think, and if we, we think we can time it just right before we give it all to the Lord, uh, it's, it's just not going to work. Uh, listening to a podcast, uh, a real estate podcast, I get so much from... The, this real estate world, I get to learn so much. On a real estate podcast, he was, a fellow was talking about at one time in his life, he was a tour guide for National Geographic. And he would go to these remote places like in Africa, and he would coordinate the tour. And then, uh, but he said it was very boring. So he said, for like, we'd be there a month or two just trying to get one picture of this one rare bird, and I had nothing to do. So, I went to the, our translator to ask the tribal chief if I could do something. I'll do anything. I'll go hunting. I'll help. I'll do anything. I'll try to share, do whatever I can do. Uh, just arrange an interview so I can meet with the tribal chief. So the tribal chief arranged it. He met, met him at his, at his tent. And uh, the tribal chief asked him a, a series of questions. And one of those questions was this. And I'm going, to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you the question. He asked the tour operator, what direction is the future? Let's just say you'd point, point one way or another. What direction would you say the future is? Bethany, I can't tell. Are you pointing up or are you pointing out or up? You're pointing up. Anybody else want to venture? What direction would you say the future is? If you're standing here, what direction would it be? Forward, right? Isn't that more or less what our Western mindset says? And then the tribal chief said something to the translator and then walked away. And so it became obvious to the tour operator that he had failed the test. And so the next day he asked for some explanation, met with a translator, and, and it said, it seemed like I was put in a test and I failed it. And the translator said, in our culture and in many indigenous cultures, the past is the only thing that we can see clearly. And so the past is in front of us. We see that. But the future is uncertain. That's behind us. And he said, if the tribal chief said, 
to me. He said, if he doesn't know his directions, how can I trust him to give directions to my tribe? And wouldn't let him influence his tribe. In our, in our highly educated Western mindset, we, we look at it the opposite. But in reality, in 2022, January 2022, isn't it kind of like hesitatingly, the future is like, I really don't know what's behind us. We're, we're slowly but surely go, going, going into the future. Isn't that the reality of our life? But don't we feel a little awkward? Why can't, why can't I be better about just accomplishing these great things? Why can't I be faster moving towards my goals? But isn't it in reality we're just, we're just kind of hesitatingly walking backwards into the future because we really don't know. In fact, we thought we knew. We thought at the end of 2020, that's behind us. We thought 2021, that's behind us. And that's when Brenda and I got, you know, got COVID at, at the end of 2021. Uh, we don't know what is in front of us, do we? We don't. So as we hesitatingly, by faith, take a step with God's direction, and as our sister and I talked earlier, we're trying to find out God's will. Kathy's got something before her. What is your will, O oh Lord? That's a, she's hesitatingly just trying to walk towards the future. And I'm asking all of us to hesitatingly pause and say, what is the Lord wanting us to do? And I want to absolutely say this to us, that now is the time of salvation. Do not put that off another moment. It's now. In Aston Real Estate, when's the best time to buy or sell or invest in real estate? Answer is always now. When's the best time to finance, to start putting money in the money markets and to build up your investment account? Now. The, you cannot time the markets. When's the best time to say yes to Jesus? Well, I think I'm going to wait just about you know, 15 minutes before he comes, or I'll know before I die, I can do whatever I want to do. You cannot time the day of the Lord's coming, nor can you time your day of departure from this life into eternity. You just can't time that. The time to do salvation is now. It's right now. And when should you make some decisions? Now. Now is the time to make those decisions. I'd like for us to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart this passage that we looked at as we began today. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Can we conclude today by being thankful that he's gracious? Can we be thankful he is gracious in all he does? No one in the room or listening or anybody out in the world is ever going to have perfect actions. It's impossible. But that's not an excuse to continue those imperfect actions. For each of us should be able to look back... <laughs> not back, back on our life and be a bit embarrassed that there were some things that you did that you were embarrassed about. It was just about two years ago, maybe less than that. I had an embarrassing habit. 
I, I had to have a 7-Eleven Slurpee about every day. And on my real estate closing, closings, I would celebrate by loading up the grandkids into my car and go getting them a 7-Eleven Slurpee. I even bought them 7-Eleven Slurpee cups so they could get it refilled easier. I had two. And it was about last year. Am I, am I right, Bethany? And, and the other night she was asking how many closings I had this last year because she was wanting to see how many Slurpees. And I had to say to her, I have thankfully overcome my sugar addiction. But I'm a little embarrassed to look back and see a habit that at the moment I was committing that I didn't see anything wrong with it. And if anybody was to say there was something wrong with it, I would have pushed it aside. But the Lord was gracious. Amen. There's nothing you can do today that will affect this fact. God loves you. And he's gracious. Please don't make a choice thinking God's going to love you more or be more gracious to you. Nothing you can do can affect that. We're doing this, and I'm asking you to make a choice and have an action out of your love to God. You just say, Lord, I do this because I love you. I'm not asking for more favor nor more grace, more, uh, more anything from you because you, you've already given all to me. I'm just doing this because I love you. It's a love, it's a love thing. I love, I love you. And so I'm going to ask us to pause for a moment and I'm going to um, ask you to take your journal and we're going to have a moment of silence here in just a moment. And um, I believe all of us want to walk into the righteousness of God, having an equity of character, equity of action with God. We want to be holy before God. We want to have our bodies right before him. The reality is we're going to be formed one way or another. Romans 12, 1 and 2 describes a, a, the forming process. You'll be conformed to the world or you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One way or another, everybody, we're going to be formed. We're being formed. So you have a choice on how you're formed. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what I'm going to ask you to do, and, and, I'm, and here's something about me. I am not a huge uh, make it public person. Um, some are, they love to, once they make a big choice, say, post on social media, hold me accountable. I'm going to do this. And that's not, that's not my particular style. I found that if I do that, I don't, I like the energy to do what I need to do. I'm going to ask you in the quietness of your own heart, in the stillness of your own room and write it down in your own personal journal, some action today either start doing or stop doing just something in your daily habits start doing or stop doing that you feel like the Lord is saying this will help be help you become that person you already are in Christ so we have a little awkward silence a little music playing in the background and I want you to write down at least one little thing not a big thing a little thing that you can start doing or stop doing in Jesus name Thank you, Lord. 
Now, if you've written it down, just take a moment and pray about it. Take baby steps. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's accept the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I never know who's sitting there with you at home. Maybe, um, maybe someone's visiting and you're kind enough to listen in today. The best words you could ever say is to say yes to Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me this salvation prayer and uh, commit your life to his, his everlasting rule in your life? Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. And I'll allow Jesus to be Lord and rule in my life. I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. I surrender my life to you, Lord Jesus. I surrender my life to the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Go forth and have a great week in the Lord. A lot of great things are ahead of us, actually ahead of us, and uh, attack it by faith. But do it slowly but steady. Walk into your future. God bless you. Hope to see you some this week. And, I, and look forward to you being in service with us next week as well. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life, and we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.